Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. President Biden finally answers questions about the UFOs that were shot down over the U.S. This could be the initial stages of a kinetic war. San Francisco considers nixing some of their sanctuary city protections amid a major rise in fentanyl-related crime. Fentanyl is different because it's actually being used to poison Americans. This is a poisoning problem more than it is a drug problem. A new report shows that inflation has made buying a car out of reach for many Americans. The average monthly payment for both new and used cars are now at record highs. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Friday, February 17th. I'm Mike Scott. On Thursday, President Biden finally addressed questions that have been mounting over the three unidentified objects that were shot down over U.S. airspace. Biden suggests that there is currently no indication that the objects are tied to China's spy balloon program and are likely private entities. I want to be clear. We don't have any evidence that there has been a sudden increase in the number of objects in the sky. We're now just seeing more of them partially because the steps we've taken to increase our radars, to narrow our radars. The president also stated that while he is planning on speaking with President Xi in the near future, he's not sorry for shooting down the Chinese balloon. I expect to be speaking with President Xi, and I hope we have we are going to get to the bottom of this. But I make no apologies for taking down that balloon. Reporter Blake Berman tells us that while the president says that the three objects are most likely benign, What's strange is that no one has come forward claiming ownership of the balloons or other objects. The president speaking earlier today over here at the White House. He said the objects were identified due to lessons learned from the Chinese spy balloon, but they are most likely, he said, balloons tied to private companies or other institutions studying weather or conducting scientific research. It's important to note uh, at this point in time, even the, even though these are objects, likely balloons, the president said, weather balloons, scientific research, there's still no company, no individual, no university, no entity, no one who has come forward, at least publicly at this point in time, to say that one of those three balloons or all of them or some of them are theirs. Berman lays out what the White House plans to do about unmanned flying objects moving forward. The president says he has uh, tasked his national security advisor to look into this, and he's really breaking this down into four different areas going forward as to as to how to potentially take on this issue. He wants to establish a better inventory, the president does, of unmanned objects in space, improve the ability to detect the objects uh, that are in our skies. I said space, I meant skies. He also wants to update the rules for launching and maintaining unmanned objects in our airspace and 
to set up global norms. Now, the president did say that some of the plans going forward will remain classified as to how to deal with all this, essentially not to lay out the roadmap uh, to adversaries as to how we treat these objects going forward. Gordon Chang is the author of The Coming Collapse of China and joins the Salem Radio Network saying that the Chinese propaganda arm of the CCP has infiltrated some American media talking points. This balloon incident shows you um, that quick changes in, in uh, Chinese propaganda. They've been going through a number of them. Um, they're different. They play to different audiences. Um, but China's actually been fairly effective because you hear a lot of people in the U.S. Um, parrot a lot of what Beijing has been saying. Chang details what the Chinese may have learned from that spy balloon. First of all, um, China learned something from this balloon that it could not from any other platform. And that is it saw the reactions of certain general officers, saw the reaction of NORAD and the reaction of the Pentagon leadership in general to an obvious intrusion into American airspace. Um, And so that was invaluable. Um, The other thing is that, of course, its imagery is better from a balloon than from a satellite because balloons at 60,000 feet. Satellite is, what, four, five hundred, maybe even higher, uh, 100,000 feet. The, the thing, though, um, and that is propaganda, which you mentioned, and that is also probably one of the motives that China had. The coming collapse of China author says that he believes the Chinese will use Americans' delayed response to the balloon to show the U.S. is weak to other world governments. China was showing to the world that the United States was not capable of defending its own airspace. Um, And really what that narrative could very well end up being is Beijing saying to other countries, look, you got to ditch the U.S., you got to obey China because we're in charge and the Americans are finished. So um, there are any number of different benefits that China could have gotten from this. And we don't know exactly the motives for this. Um, But we have to start assuming that uh, what we just talked about are are some of the things that ran through their minds before they authorized this. Chang outlines the failures of the Pentagon over allowing the balloon to enter into U.S. airspace for days before informing the president. I think the people in Taiwan should be concerned about the lack of reaction. You got to remember that this balloon entered territorial U.S. airspace on January 28th. Yeah. The commander in chief, President Biden, wasn't notified until the fourth day of the incursion. And that shows, a, 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 you know, inexplicable failure on the part of the senior leadership in the Pentagon to brief uh, the commander in chief on an obvious threat. And as you point out, um, you know, once this got into the lower 48 states, then there was the issue of, of uh, harm to people on the ground if they shot this down. Now, if I were President Biden, I would have shot it down over Montana. But that is not an unreasonable reaction to wait until South Carolina. But what was unreasonable was for the Pentagon not to tell Biden while they could have shot this down over Alaska or Western Canada, where there was no people, no people, no pro- uh, property um, structures uh, um, there. So that shows the Chinese that there's a real problem in the Pentagon. Chang states what he finds the most disturbing about the whole ordeal. The balloon incursions that occurred during the Trump administration were not noticed by the Pentagon itself, which is the reason why General Spaulding wasn't informed. 
Um, and that's because they appear to be, I guess, anomalies in um, their radar capture. And uh, they just didn't know what to make of it. Um, but after this big spy balloon intrusion, um, the Pentagon said they went back on, on all the material they collect, all the data they collected. They ran it through different filters and they realized that they had incursions. Um, and that's how um, they have been able to track these most recent three incursions, because they're now looking at a broader range of radar signatures and finally realizing that they that they came here. That's fascinating when you think about it, because it means that the Chinese were surveilling us without our knowing about it from our own skies. And that means Americans shouldn't really feel safe even in their own country. Chang theorizes on the reason why China may have sent the balloons over the U.S. It could be the Chinese military, which is now politically powerful in Beijing, just decided that they were going to do this on their own. Uh, And the Chinese military is extremely hostile, extremely anti-American. Or it could be Xi Jinping, as we talked about, uh, trying to humiliate the United States. It could be Xi Jinping trying to distract everyone from his domestic policy failures. Or it could be uh, the first attempts to intimidate the United States um, not to get involved in a Taiwan conflict, for instance, because China would use its nuclear weapons. Um, There are any number of different explanations. None of them are good. All of them are ominous. And that means, as you just point out, this could be the initial stages of a kinetic war. According to some Washington insiders, officials have been wary of President Biden speaking publicly about the objects before more information was gathered. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors in over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Democrat-run San Francisco is now rethinking its sanctuary city status due to a sharp increase of fentanyl-related crime and death due to overdosing on the powerful opioid. This is due to a recent investigation where it is believed that a significant percentage of people selling fentanyl are illegal immigrants. Investigators suspect up to half of the city's illegal street dealers are undocumented. Dorsey notes that police confiscations last year hauled in enough fentanyl to kill every resident of California. The mayor's webpage proudly boasts that San Francisco is a sanctuary city with about a stand shoulder to shoulder with immigrant communities. But Dorsey believes any immigrant convicted of dealing fentanyl more than once in a seven-year period should lose sanctuary status immediately. That would tag on to exceptions already in place. 
Lou says that, adding to the anxiety of the city, a new power drug called Trank has made its way to San Francisco's streets. Recent years have made the city by the bay, once known for iconic sights, just as known for crime. A viral video last year showed school kids walking through an open-air drug market. The potential deportation of illegals dealing fentanyl aims to save lives. Last year, San Francisco averaged over a death a day due to overdoses linked to fentanyl. Now, adding to the crisis, a new drug on the streets of San Francisco called Trank which is mixed with an animal sedative. Trank has already proven deadly and dangerous in many East Coast cities, and officials had feared it was only a matter of time before Trank made its way here to sanctuary cities on the West Coast. San Francisco's Supervisor Matt Dorsey is proposing legislation to change the city's sanctuary city policies to exclude undocumented immigrants who are arrested for dealing the powerful opioid. The amount of fentanyl is staggering. and The increase is just alarming. This can't go on. Dorsey goes on to say that the problem with fentanyl is only getting worse. What you're seeing is the result of fentanyl flooding our streets in a way that is like, a, I think it's an 11 or 12-fold increase in two years. Republican Congressman Dan Crenshaw of Texas details why he believes the fentanyl cases are different from any other drug crisis in the country. These, these two topics are related. The, the fentanyl crisis and the Mexican drug cartels. The drug cartels facilitate the fentanyl crisis. Uh, it comes from two main car- mainly from two cartels, the Sinaloa cartel and the Jalisco cartel. So you know, in the past, we've looked at the drug problem very holistically. It comes from everywhere. People want drugs like cocaine and heroin. They make them feel good. They have parties with them. It's a very difficult problem to solve. This is different. Fentanyl is different because it's actually being used to poison Americans. This is a poisoning problem more than it is a drug problem. It comes from these cartels, and they get the basic components for fentanyl from China. Crenshaw says he is working on legislation that would treat cartels like terror organizations. So this this connection is very clear. And what frustrates me, what angers me, frankly, about what Biden did at the State of the Union and what he continues to do is is pretend that all of these subjects are, are not related. You know, he talked about the fentanyl crisis, as he should at the State of the Union, but he never drew that line from them to the, to the actual cartels. And so I've been working with Democrats who, who are interested in national security, who care about this issue on authorized use of military force against the cartels on another bill that would. That, that, that declares war on them in a sense, but it goes after their financing, goes after Mexican officials who support them, uh, increases penalties for being part of the cartels. It treats them like a terrorist organization legally without calling them a terrorist organization. There's there's side effects to that, and there's a reason we do that. So it doesn't surprise me the State Department is issuing those kind of warnings. Uh, these are some of the most dangerous people in the world, the Mexican drug cartels. They're the most well-armed, well-trained well-funded, and they're right there at our border. The Texas congressman explains why he feels President Biden is failing Americans on this issue. This is not a new announcement, this this idea of uh, increased scanning capabilities at each port of entry. We've been trying to not only develop those, but but get them in place uh, throughout our ports of entry for for years now. So he's not doing anything new. He's not leveraging the Mexican government to actually help us solve this problem. He's not using the the stick, right? He uses the carrot. He goes down there and he's really nice and says, oh, what can we do for you? And they come to, they've come to some deals here and there. 
But all in all, he's not a, he's not leading on this issue. You need to leverage the Mexican government. You need to say, look, if you don't take care of this, we're going to take care of it for you. And you really don't want that. That's that's what my legislation does. Crenshaw goes on to say that fighting Mexican drug cartels shouldn't be a partisan issue as it impacts all Americans. There, there is no local law enforcement in any county except maybe the major, major cities that are that are equipped to deal with cartel activity. Nobody is. And so if we don't holistically and in a bipartisan way, look at this as a common enemy with federal support, even military support, then we're going to lose this battle. It really is as simple as that. And, and, and this doesn't have to be partisan. There's a there, there's a reason that I've made the, the legislation that I've promoted. I, I've, I've made it separate from immigration reform. I've made it separate from border security reform because I want this to be bipartisan. This is truly a common enemy that we need to face together as Americans, and they need federal support, uh, especially in Texas. I mean, our, our border counties are definitely ill-equipped. It's not just police. It's not just law enforcement. It's our hospitals. It's our schools. All all kinds of public services are overwhelmed by the mass migration, which, again, is facilitated by the cartels. The cartels are at the heart of all of these problems, whether it's mass migration or whether it's the fentanyl crisis. It's all the same. Toxicology statistics compiled by San Francisco's chief medical examiner shows fentanyl caused 451 of the city's 620 fatal overdoses reported in 2022 and 447 of the 640 fatal overdoses in 2021. A Pennsylvania senator has been hospitalized. Daybreak insider Mike Hempen has more on this developing story from the Keystone State. The office of Democrat John Fetterman says the senator has checked himself in to Walter Reed National Military Medical Center to seek treatment for clinical depression. Fetterman is still recovering from a stroke he suffered last May. His chief of staff says the senator was evaluated Monday by the attending physician of Congress who recommended inpatient care at Walter Reed. The 53-year-old Fetterman is in his first weeks as a senator. In November, he won the seat previously held by Republican Pat Toomey, who retired. Mike Hemp in Washington. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Time marches on and leaves behind those who are not equipped for tomorrow. We cannot predict what will happen in the future, but we at Regent University aim to prepare you for it. With world-class professors and over 150 programs, the opportunities to find success in your field are many. So don't let tomorrow pass you by. The journey to your brightest future begins here. Visit regent.edu slash learn more. Inflation isn't just hitting Americans in their pocketbooks at the grocery store. According to a new study, the combination between inflation and higher interest rates is making the dream of owning a new car a fantasy for a lot of families. The new inflation report came out, and we'll get into that in a moment. 
But first, when you combine those high prices with higher interest rates, it may be driving the American dream of owning a car right out of the picture for a lot of consumers. The average monthly payment for both new and used cars are now at record highs. The study shows that the average price of a new car has increased by 30% since 2019 and has reached $50,000. Coupled with higher interest rates and the monthly payment for a new car is a record $777. Used car payments are not much better. The average monthly payment for a used car has grown to $544 a month. Zach Shevska of CarEdge says that compounding the problems with inflation and higher interest rates, car manufacturers are deliberately scaling back production of more affordable car models. They're intentionally choosing to, to target a more upscale clientele. And I can't believe I'm saying this, Dave, but in honest, in all honesty, last month in January, one in five new cars sold was a luxury vehicle, the highest amount ever recorded. Shevska does say, however, there are still some automakers who offer competitive prices, but you have to do a lot more legwork. Yes, there are a few. Uh, one of them is Stellantis. So Stellantis uh, is the former Chrysler Fiat that uh, they all got merged in. That also includes Ram and Dodge. And some automakers, for example, Mazda, they have still had very competitive prices, sub $35,000 options on the table, and they have not cut back on allocations of their lower trim levels quite as much. Shevska goes on to say that the value of used vehicles is also on the rise. As more people are taken out of the new car market, they're going to look at used vehicles. And the scary thing there is used vehicle values are up 45% from pre-pandemic times. And that's not all. The study also shows that insurance costs are up an average of 14% as well. If you or someone you know is in the market for a new car, reporter Dave McKinley has a few suggestions that may help you save some money couple of things you can do. First, Michael, remember, with those interest rates coming up so high, shop around for them. Maybe try and put down as much cash as you can. And remember, if used car prices are up so much, presumably, that means the one you have is worth more. So be sure you maximize on any trade-in or sale of it. Oh, one more thing. Michael, we're traditionally taught that if your car is worth less than what it costs to fix, you should probably get something else, right? Yep. Maybe not so much these days. They tell us that you might be better uh, and it might be worth it more to go ahead and pay those repair costs, even if they're expensive, and keep old Bessie around for a couple more years. Man. Another disappointing inflation report thumps Wall Street. Daybreak Insider's Lisa Dwyer takes a look at the news that is roiling the markets. Stocks fell by the most in four weeks following more evidence that high inflation is staying stickier than expected. The S&P dropped 1.4 percent after a report said inflation at the wholesale level slowed by less last month than economists had forecast. It echoed a report on prices at the consumer level from earlier this week that suggested inflation isn't cooling as quickly and as smoothly as hoped. The Dow was down 431 points or 1.3 percent, while the Nasdaq dropped 1.8 percent. The family of actor Bruce Willis says his brain condition has gotten worse. Daybreak Insider's entertainment correspondent Margie Zaroleta has more on the Willis family's reaction to the new diagnosis. 
Bruce Willis's family says he has been diagnosed with frontotemporal dementia and there are no treatments. They say they hope that as his condition advances, any media attention will shine a light on this disease that needs more awareness and research. Willis's family had said a year ago he was suffering from aphasia, which makes it difficult to understand or express speech. Willis, who is 67, is known for films like Die Hard and The Sixth Sense. I'm Archie Zaroleta. And finally, a little boy who was born premature, weighing only one pound and eight ounces, and given only a 10% chance to live, has defied the odds, and now is considered to be a prodigy. Jamie Moore's mother was told at 20 weeks pregnant that her placenta had stopped working and he would not survive. The doctors then decided to deliver little Jamie at 28 weeks. Today, the four-year-old is considered to be a savant with numbers and can do mathematics in six different languages. Do you want to do something in French? Yes, please. Okay. What's un plus set? What about what other languages can you do something? Uh, can you do some more? Some more in French? Yeah. What is un plus neuf? D. I did it, I did it, I did it, I did it. Jamie's mother, Lorraine, first noticed her little boy was unusually bright by his second birthday. Right, you're going to count up in 12s. 12. 24. Yeah. 48. <laughs> 66. 66. 72. 84. 84. 96. 96. <laughs> oh, well done, sweetheart. Five. I counted 12 and counted all the way up to 96. Yep, you counted in 12s all the way up to 96. Yes, Dina. Doctors have actually diagnosed Jamie with hyperlexia, which is an advanced ability in children for reading and decoding words way beyond their chronological age. Currently, Jamie rivals most 10-year-olds in his ability to do equations and can now do fractions and percentages. He's set to start primary school later this year where they will set out a special independent curriculum for him. Not too shabby for a little boy whose parents were told he would never make it. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at daybreakinsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. 
Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525.